can make it all right live. I am your host, Tara, queen to my heavenly father's throne. And... And I'm Reggie Reg, a voice from the streets. That's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) This show is for the people where we speak on various topics. We do not hear you. We listen. There's a difference. Uh, There's zero tolerance for defamation to anyone's character. Speak facts, and we can sure enough talk. But before I get started, I want to share with my listeners um, how proud I am of all that made a difference on the election turnout, which was, you know, very, uh, very amazing. And um, to also dedicate this show to all the families that lost a loved one to the COVID-19, our prayers are with those who are still fighting for their lives. Uh, just know that this too shall pass, and we will see light that always outshadows darkness. So stay strong and encourage. And moving on, Reg, tell the listeners about the king with us today. Okay, we have a very special guest here with us today. Mm-hmm. I know him personally, but we're not going to get into that right now. It's about this young man that sits here in front of us. Uh in 1974, I believe, mm-hmm. he was um, wrongly convicted of of a crime mm. and spent the next 45 years in prison. But while in prison, he got a chance to get his GED in 1990. Mm. And now he's a living testament about what is possible after hey. being wrongly convicted. Wow. Amen. That's 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 fly. Okay, and who is this man? Oh, this is uh Malik Allah. Mr. Allah, how are you, sir? I'm very it is, fine. It is Thank a you. it is a privilege and an honor for you to bless us today with this um this message. I know it's gonna be powerful for all the listeners. Mm. Um first and foremost, you know. I guess we want to start by you letting the listeners know who you are. Who is Malik Allah? Today. Today. Today? Well, I'm still trying to, uh, how you say, navigate this new reality mm. after 45 years, a little more than 45 years, 45 years and nine months. Mm. And... Um, Basically, trying to get a feel for what, um, you know, what life is right. about, and how, like I said, how to navigate with the new technology. When I when I came to prison, right, they didn't have no. We still handheld had, devices, right? We still had tokens and right, right. So <laughs> we didn't and, even have cell phones. Nothing. No, that, and, no. And so I'm learning a lot of things as I go along, and mm-hmm. with the help of. You know, people like Reggie and my family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and actually in my spare time, I just doodle with, you know, with the device right? and try to make sure that um, I follow, 
you know, the, the instructions are that if I can't if I can't see my way through a particular uh, situation, mm-hmm. I'll just um, hit something that just shuts everything down. So you just <laughs> <laughs> so you mm-hmm. just basically like probably I would say seventy percent that are adjusting to technology because there's a lot of people who would prefer, um, you know, that old way of, you mm, know, yeah. doing things. But we all have to come to terms with, you know, time is evolving, you right. know, and we have to somewhat stay abreast about, you know, what's going on. But right. what I want to um, ask you is what was it that brought you into the um, corrections? What brought you there? What was it that well, happened? Well, no, they say I committed a murder in wow. 1973. Wow. And I didn't commit the, you know, the, the murder, but mm-hmm. they weren't trying to hear that, you know, because at the time I, I was, uh, which I still am, a member of, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, the Nation of Gods and Earths. I don't know if you ever yes, heard Yes, yes, that. that's okay. part of, what's that, 5%? Right, right yes, basically. Yes. Yes. And so they were pretty, you know, that, in that era there was a lot of uh, militancy going on, Black Panthers, the BLA, mm-hmm. a lot of different movements, you know, and they felt as though anybody that espouses, you know, uh, Anything that you know didn't fit, didn't didn't suit the purposes of the mm-hmm. the government. Right. That we were considered, you know, um, a threat. Yeah, a threat. Or, wow. Or troublemakers. Mm-hmm. So they would find ways to put charges on us, and you know, at that time, um, living living in even this was South Jamaica, but still, I wasn't well to do, so it wasn't like I could hire a top. Not Elite lawyer. lawyer, uh-huh. Right, so I had to go with, and, and at the time, um, they didn't allow legal aid mm-hmm. to represent um, murder cases. Right. So they assigned me a counsel, but me and this counsel, actually, we didn't get along. Mm-hmm. And so I already could feel that I was going to get convicted anyway, so I basically asked this judge to allow me just to represent myself. Because right. it wasn't going to be, you know, I, I right. knew the outcome wasn't going to be any different. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was that. And so I went upstate and I, I, I was always constantly filing appeals, you know, um, briefs, right, mm-hmm. um, post, post-conviction um, briefs. Right. But in the meantime, in the, in the interim, I was trying to get a, a feel for the criminal justice system mm-hmm. and how it treated black people. And it led me into a lot of different cases. Um, and one, like I said, one of the main cases that it led me into, even though I had heard about the case, was the Dress Scott decision. Oh yes, that was in uh, powerful. What was that? Uh, 1864. 18, no, yes. 1856. 56. Okay, yeah. 1856. My bad. And and so it led me to that, and and that case opened up my eyes to on various other cases. Mm. But uh, the thing was, was that um, I realized that from 
learn, from what I've learned in school and mm. actually reading the case, the case is a lot more than what people, what, what, you know, are being taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Which I would say, you know, it's sad, but a lot of our children, uh, African-American children, for that matter, mm-hmm. they don't know a lot of what was contributed um, as far as our history is concerned. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the certain rights, as you say about the uh, Dred Scott, um, that was basically dealing with the U.S. Constitution. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, when I, you know, did my research on it, you know, it was basically... I guess the question I had for myself was, were we a part of that, supposed to be a part of it, or set apart from it? You know what I mean? Mm. Because it was just so much going on, um, especially back in slavery time and mm-hmm. when that Constitution was actually written and the um, policies of it and a lot of things mm-hmm. that we see that we just don't even have rights so to speak, you know, and I think that's that was a um, backlash back in the 70s and, and 80s before things got a little bit more advanced mm-hmm. where we really didn't know we had certain rights and, and, and standards. It was basically kept from us. So a lot of people um, were forced to stay confined for no reason, because had they had the technology that they have now, mm-hmm. and you know the the difference in laws set in stone, then you probably wouldn't even went through all of that of forty something years for something you didn't even do, you know. Right, but the thing was, even in laws, one thing that became apparent to me that. In most instances, I don't say in every instance, but in most instances, if the courts don't want you to prevail, Mm -hmm. you're not going to prevail. Right. Regardless of what you... They already had their mind made up. Right. Uh Right. Mm -hmm. And so, because with all the things that I was was filing, Mm -hmm. I used their laws. I'm I'm pretty good. I'm not not college educated, but... I'm, I, re, I I consider myself pretty well read. and. But you know what? Let me just stop you right there. See that right there? Because I've heard people say that about I'm not college. College educated. College, let me say this as a college graduate. College is just a way of teaching you things from a book aspect. Mm-hmm. But you are not able to even learn that or conjure with that unless your mind is there. You understand? So it all, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter about the books. It's what's here. Mm-hmm. So I just want to stop you with that right. because okay. I feel an intelligence is always starting with the mind versus, right, right, you know, right. books. So, yeah. Continue, brother. Continue. Okay. And so, <laughs> and, what, and what I had done after I realized that regardless to what I put in, I mean, mm-hmm. I, used, I studied a lot of cases. I used... A lot of a lot of language from those cases, and I learned that by being in prison, when I made a brief or when I when I um, put together a brief, mm-hmm. I always let the case law mm-hmm. speak for me. I never, you know, I never said, you know, put down. Well, this is the way I see it. Right. I always went to a case law and found something in case law 
that said exactly what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. But it didn't come from me. It came from a judge from a Supreme Court or you know somebody that was what you call a constituent of the same judge that's sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. So that means this is your brother judge saying this to you with regard to this issue that this man is raising. Right. He's saying that this particular paragraph says that it applies to him and he should be able to receive the benefit of this paragraph mm-hmm. that one of your judges, one of your fellow judges had, had, had ruled. Mm. They, regardless, they mm. knocked me down, they knocked me down, knocked me down, never gave me an opportunity. So I got to the point, I said, well, you know what? Let me see. I don't. I don't I'm, I never was going to come to the conclusion that it was race, mm. you know. But at the same time, I said maybe there was something that I I I, I overlooked. Mm-hmm. So while I was in prison, a judge came to hold a seminar in Greenhaven mm-hmm. Correctional Facility. Mm-hmm. He had a class of, I guess it had to be about 30 inmates. And I, I didn't attend the class, but um, one of the inmates that attended the class, received, matter of fact, the judge, after the, the, the presentation was over, he gave everybody a Black's Law Dictionary, mm. a, a fifth edition of Black's Law Dictionary. And this, this inmate knew that I was into law. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know what, I'm getting ready to go home. I'm going to give you this dictionary. So he gave me the dictionary. And, you know, in my spare time, I'm flipping through pages, flipping through pages. Mm -hmm. I came across this term called sovereign people. Mm. (laughs) Right? Now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm looking at it and... What caught my eye was that they gave a definition, mm-hmm. and then they said, see Scott versus Sanford. Mm. So mm. I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, Scott versus Sanford, this has got to be the Dred Scott decision. Mm-hmm. So I had the Dred Scott decision, mm-hmm. but I don't know how, I, you know, I was reading it, but all nine justices wrote opinions in that case, so it was a 240-page uh, case. Mm. And so I might have read over it. So I pulled out my Dred Scott decision and got to um, the part where they mentioned sovereign people. Mm. And the definition that they gave in the Black's Law Dictionary was not the definition that you had. That was in the the case. In the Mm -hmm. case, Mm -hmm. right, in the Dred Scott case. So as it turns out, the term sovereign people, uh, according to the, the court's ruling mm-hmm. in Dred Scott, were the people who declared their independence from Great Britain <laughs> and established mm-hmm. a, the United States as a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. So at that time, black people were not part of the um, sovereign people. They, exactly. were, they were in slavery. Mm-hmm. So they weren't part of the the sovereign people. So now I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm learning something here. Now the the schools and certain other cases are telling me that the 14th Amendment overturned the Dred Scott decision. 
because mm-hmm. they're basically saying Dred Scott decision. Basically, one of the one of the parts of the Dred Scott decision was saying that uh, black people couldn't become citizens of the United States, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Fourteenth Amendment came twelve years later, saying that all persons um, born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof mm-hmm. are, are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. So they're saying that the Fourteenth Amendment overturned the Dred Scott decision in that regard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But after doing further research, I found that the Dred Scott decision in that regard couldn't have been overturned because 30 years later, in another case before the United States Supreme Court called um, U- United States versus Wong Kim Ark. Mm. And that case had two dissenting judges. They had eight judges. Two of them dissented from the opinion in that case. Mm-hmm. But in their dissenting opinion, they um, um, used that portion of the Dred Scott decision that, um, that referred to sovereign people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They used that to make their point as right. to why they didn't agree with the majority opinion. Now, would that by chance have something to do with Plessy and Ferguson as well? No, that was later. Right, Plessy versus right, Ferguson right. came later. Oh, okay. But what had happened was that 30 years after the 14th Amendment, these judges, in the, um, Judge Fuller and Judge Harlan, Judge Harlan mm-hmm. um, dissented from the majority opinion, and they cited the portion of the Dred Scott decision that dealt with sovereign people. So anybody that knows anything about law knows that you can't use a case that's invalid right. to make a point. Absolutely. So th- so that told me 30 years after the 14th Amendment, they were still using the Dred Scott decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I said, all right, so let me go back to the Dred Scott decision and do a little more research. Mm-hmm. And I found that in the Dred Scott decision, one of the main factors that they used in order to obtain citizenship in the United States, United States citizenship, was that you had to be free. The mm. word "free" was one of the one of one of the most uh, was what was considered a paramount requirement for citizenship mm-hmm. that you had to be free. Mm-hmm. So the naturalization law that was established, you know, by the Congress um, from 1790 to 1870 had um, restricted citizenship to free white persons, um, you know, with mm-hmm. the, uh, explicit, you know, explicitly using the word free. So now when I looked at that, then I go to the 14th Amendment, and I'm saying, well, if that was the case, the 14th Amendment should have said all free persons born mm-hmm. or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof should, um, you know, should be citizens of the United States and state where they reside. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for the word free. I didn't see it there. Then, two years after the 14th Amendment was enacted, Congress came with an act called the Act of July 14, 1870, which extended the naturalization laws 
to aliens of African nativity and to persons of African descent. Mm. So I'm saying if the 14th Amendment gave us citizenship, why would Congress two years later, right? Yeah, I got, you know. Right, 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 right. Why would Congress come two years later Mm -hmm. and enact a provision extending the naturalization laws to aliens of African nativity and to persons of African descent? So now that's telling me that the 14th Amendment didn't really make us full citizens the way we were taught in school. Mm-hmm. And if it did, it didn't make us sovereign people. Mm-hmm. It would have afforded us rights, different right, rights, that, and it yeah. didn't. It didn't. So what I did, I said, well, you know what? These people, for everything, for everything that I, I have been um, filing in the court, mm-hmm. they're not trying to consider. Mm. So let me educate them on their on their laws. And so what I did, I filed a brief challenging my conviction on the basis of a case that I read from the United States Supreme Court that said a jury of your peers are people, in so many words, are people that um, hold the same legal status as... Mm-hmm. Um, as as the you know in society as you know my, the jurors do you know so mm-hmm. the the question was that if I had because I had um, eight Caucasian people on my jury mm-hmm. and four African Americans okay so now I'm saying if the if the Dred Scott decision is saying that the sovereign people are the people that declared their independence. From Great Britain and established America as a, as a sovereign nation, and we know that these people were Europeans or Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Then I'm saying that the Caucasian people on on my jury are sovereign people, and my and their legal status is is is, is that of sovereign people, mm-hmm. and my legal status is that as a, as is a non-sovereign. So mm. therefore, they're not my peers. Wow, we're going to stop on that note right there, brother. Right this there. is so and deep. <laughs> and we're going to take a little break, y'all. Yeah, we'll be right back, y'all. Yeah, right Promise you. Can. The world won't get no 
better if we just let it be. Na 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 na. The world won't get no better. We gotta change it now, just you and me. Wake up all the doctors, make the old people well. They're the ones who suffer and who catch all the hell. But they don't have so very long before their judgment day. So won't you make them happy before they pass away? Wake up all the builders, time to build a new land. I know we could do it if we all lend a hand. The only thing we have to do is put it in our minds. Surely things will work out. They do it every time. The world won't get no better if we just let it be. He said he needs some help, y'all. We right back. <laughs> oh, let me yeah. tell you, that right there, we need to wake up. Just yeah. wake up. Oh, mm. I don't know. That did something for me. What y'all think? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we back, we back, we back, we back. Yes, we back we with Mal- are. Mr. Malik Allah. You know, just kicking some something, uh, too. I got that taste. Um, I got that Harold Melvin and Blue Nose. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, Listen, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> no. You hear a, me? That's a classic. That, what? You, you cannot go wrong with this. Uh-huh. And, and y'all, you know what? I know we have to evolve in time. You know, we just said that about it revolving in time. Yeah. But give me my old school R&B. You hear me? Give it to me. Yeah. You know, so I can really, you know, that thing, listen, it used to say something to you. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all remember that? Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to go there right quick. Remember that time? You could just put that eight track in there. <laughs> put the eight track in there. Yeah. You're telling our age. Mr. Allah. Yeah. Put that eight track in there. You ain't have to say nothing. You know what? Yep. Let me tell you something. The only thing I didn't like about eight track is that it seemed like my, the best songs, it always clicked through to, to the next, you know. I know, right? To, to complete the song. I didn't, I didn't, I never liked it because it sticks in your mind. Okay. And then when you hear it anywhere else, you're always looking for that click. Cl- Click there to the is. next channel. You know? There it is. There it but, is. Oh, you heard yeah. her. What's up, brothers? Wait a minute. Hold up, y'all. La da 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 da. What was his name? Isley. That's his name. Oh, 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 Ron, oh. Isley. Ron Isley. That's him. Yeah, yeah I know mm. a lot of babies was made on that. <laughs> we gonna get off of that. We gonna get off of that. But we back, y'all. Thank y'all so much mm. for you know hanging out with us today. Yeah, we appreciate y'all. So we um back with Mr. Allah. We're gonna get back deep on this thing. Boy, I tell you, whoo, change gotta come, y'all. Yeah, it's good. But as you were saying, um, you was talking about what had transpired, so we're gonna continue from there. Right. What you was talking about before we took our little break. Yeah, so what I had done, I knew the court wasn't gonna rule in my favor, even on that, but my objective was to see what the district attorney would say. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, because every, any, when you file a brief as a defendant, they respond and they're going to, they, their response is, is basically a response in opposition to your claims, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you're claiming. That's right. And so I'm looking for him to say either the 14th Amendment made me a sovereign person and therefore my argument was without merit or either that the Dred Scott decision was no longer um, applicable, applicable, right, and therefore my claim on that regard um, was meritless. But he, he never said either one. So now that tells me that I'm onto something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, because they're going to tell you, right, if you're using a case that's, that's obsolete or a case that has been overturned, mm-hmm. that's the first thing they're going to tell you. Well, well, your argument is basically on the face without of Without merit. Right, is without merit because this case here has been overturned. So you're using something that, um, that you, can, you can never gain any leverage, you know, mm-hmm. with that argument. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they didn't argue. So now he never responded to whether or not on the issue of, of whether um, the Caucasian people on my jury uh, were, were my peers mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So the court never gave me a de- matter of fact, the court reserved decision for a little while and then they sent me a notice saying that on the issue of citizenship that um, that was a federal issue and, mm. they didn't, and they didn't have jurisdiction to, to rule on it. So they basically left it where I, I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have a remedy. And mm-hmm. I couldn't appeal it because in order for you to get a decision, I mean, in order for you to appeal, you have to have a decision from which to appeal mm-hmm. from. And so I didn't have anything. So what I had done, I went to the federal court. Mm-hmm. And the federal court came up with a bogus um, excuse that I didn't pay the $5 filing fee because I brought the argument now to the federal court mm-hmm. with the dress code decision. And they said I didn't, I didn't send the filing fee, the $5 filing fee to have the case um, put on the calendar. And I did send the, the $5 filing fee, so what I had done, I broke the head clerk and said, um, Miss, the courts are telling me I made out the disbursement form. You all processed the disbursement form. You all gave me the impression that you sent the, the, the $5 to the courts, but the courts are telling me they didn't get it. The head steward sent me a copy of the check, front and back, mm-hmm. and the back of the check was endorsed by the Eastern District that they received the $5. So now, um, in the process, right, in the process <laughs> of me writing them back to try to tell them uh, explain it. I sent a copy of the check, the copy of the disbursement form. So now they write. I got two letters. Um, mm-hmm. About two weeks later, I got two, mm-hmm. I, about two, 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 about two weeks after that, I got two letters from the court. One letter just so happened that when I opened it first, it said that um, yes, we did receive. No matter of fact, no. The first letter said. Your refusal to send the five dollar filing fee. Based on that, we um, we dismissing your your claim. Your your your, your, your my writ of habeas corpus. Uh huh. But then when I opened the second letter, the second letter said, 
um, we are sorry for any inconvenience we did receive the five dollar filing fee. Mm -hmm. So now with these two letters, I'm excuse me, I'm looking and I'm saying to myself, what should I do? Should I refile it? Because they said that they dismissed it. So now I have to I have to go through the process mm -hmm. refiling it and arguing, you know. So I said to myself, you know what? Um, in so many ways, they, I, I can always, I can almost imagine that they're going to pull another stunt. So I'm not even going to bother. I got so you know, you know, wow, that's that's something else because it sounds like to me, as always, it's a stall tactic to um, <clears throat> to negate their own reasoning and intent while all the while messing up somebody else's life. That's what it is. Basically the deal in a nutshell. And they don't think about the consequences. But my next question, brother, was to ask you, with all that was going on and all that you researched and everything, how did you, what was it that held you all this time while you was away? Well, basically studying and studying, like I said, not only... Um, cases like the Dred Scott decision, because I was studying also fugitive slave cases. I was studying Plessy versus Ferguson. Every case that dealt with the rights of black people, Brown versus Board of Education. But there's so many other cases that you know, you never hear about. But my main objective was to educate people to show that even though we're here in the United States, and we claim to be entitled to everything or, or all rights that um that are afforded to mm -hmm. you know to the founding you know the, the, the descendants of, of the founding fathers what it is is that for some reason we are always in the courts striving to obtain these rights mm-hmm and I ran across a case, um, it was a case called Civil Rights Cases. And one of the things that they said in that case, and this is, I found this to be very, um, um, very- Informative? Not so, enlightening. Enlightening, fact, all right. right, yep. It said, because it, what, you know, I, I, I'm gonna read it real quick. What was Never. the case? The case is, a civil, is called Civil Rights Cases. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it says, when a man has emerged from slavery and by the aid of beneficent legislation has shaken off the inseparable concomitants of that state, there must be some stage in the progress of his elevation when he takes the rank of a mere citizen and ceases to be the special favorite of the laws and when his rights as a citizen or a man are to be protected in the ordinary modes by which other men's rights are protected. So that case was saying that basically until black people mm. get to the point where their rights are protected in the same manner as other people's rights that's protected, as opposed to being the special favorites of the laws, meaning that every time we go to, go to court or every time we have a complaint about something, we're going to the courts mm -hmm. and we're having the courts um, render a decision mm 
-hmm. as to whether or not we are entitled to the rights that um, that would would consider the the, um, the dominant race enjoy. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And so this was this was before the Plessy versus Ferguson mm -hmm. case, but what it what it was was that I started using this type of language to show that even though I'm a black person, I shouldn't have to um I should I shouldn't have to go through what I'm going through to make my point to make you all see that the same rights that you give to you know, yeah. person of dominant right, race. Right. I'm, I'm entitled. If you're saying that I'm a citizen, mm -hmm. then I'm entitled to this to the benefit of of the laws. So, so would I'm, you would you say that? I, I I've asked this question um, prior. Uh, I think it was during a lecture when I was in school, and um, I was asking. I said, "Do we feel that the Constitution?" and the Declaration of Independence are racist or was racist. Hmm. And I, I, you know, mm, it, it's supposed to be where all human beings are classified according to race, skin, mm -hmm. color, or ethnicity, sex, religion, whatever, should all be equal. But, you know, it really isn't. It really isn't. Sure and not. it is sad that, you know, they're they're inspiring black men and Mr. Allies one where he had to endure <laughs> a long journey um that I know must have been hard but versus him, I, I can't even I can't even put myself in in his uh, shoes as to the, the mental capacity and for him to be here among us today with such strong endurance Speaks and tenacity um, in the face of having to experience and go through something that was not your fault. I mean, you you put in a in a in a situation where it's like, do I keep fighting or do I give up fighting? You know, mm -hmm. because nobody is hearing me or what we speak for. Nobody is hearing when we know this is what it says. So do how do I keep going? How do I? And you said that what kept you going was the will to learn. Mm -hmm. about our rights and laws so that you can be able to help someone or some people. Well, how about hundreds? Right. Because right. this this is so, this is something that it hasn't just started. This is, this is the chast system. It's just always something going on within the laws. And now mm -hmm. that is so much going on politically um, in our government, and I just say things are being brought to the forefront now of what we always knew, but we really couldn't speak on. Mm -hmm. But you have so many brothers and some sisters, too, right. that are incarcerated by no fault of their own. And, you know, 
what would you say? Because we this gonna be it's gonna be another part. It's gonna mm-hmm. be another part. So we're 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 gonna um we're gonna definitely have a part two in this because it's so much more that we have to cover. But what would you say, Mr. Ally, to the sisters and brothers out there that are holding on? What would you say to them? Well, I mean, it depends on how people regard themselves. You you have some people that actually believe, or I don't say I don't. Well, I can't say believe, but they 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 put themselves in this mindset as though being black is a stigma. Mm. And as long as you, as long or as long as a a, a person you know, views themselves in that light, Mm -hmm. they're never going to strive to, um, to, to, how do you say, reach in and pull out the potential Mm -hmm. that they have. So you have people... You know, it's just like when you when when you go to prison and they have a Christmas show sometimes, and you and you see these guys performing instruments and and songs and and you wonder how how with this talent, what is this man doing in prison? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, not not well these men. I mean, right. I have I have seen <clears throat> some Christmas show, and not even that. Mm-hmm. Um, Go up to the to the basketball court, and mm-hmm. you see guys with so much talent, and you wonder why. But he wanted to sell drugs, as opposed to honing his skills. Who knows? He could have went to college, and maybe got a scholarship. I mean, because one thing for sure, there's no such thing as an inability inability to learn if you don't have a mental defect. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. you don't have, if you don't have something, you know, if you don't have something that impairs your ability to to learn, and the thing is that a lot of people don't want to delve into certain things because they feel, and because society has has made them feel as though there's a ceiling, and once you reach that ceiling, um. And past that ceiling, you you know you're not gonna you're not gonna make it. Now, people, when you get to to the point where now you see a black president or a black vice president, now, but there were there were times when I was a kid, you couldn't imagine that. No, no, I, I know. Mean, I mean, you know, you couldn't, and I'm, I, you know, I I know that there's so many things that have happened. That our forefathers, like I'm, of, I'm often reminded of Martin Luther King when he said, "I have seen, I have seen, my mm-hmm. eyes have seen. I may not get there with you, mm-hmm. but I have seen." Um, the same way, you know, you have Mega Evers and you have, you know, uh, Malcolm. You have so many things, but. This is this oh wow. This is definitely gonna be a part two. And will you come back and grace this building, my brother? I mean, if you would have me, I, well, I, you, I wouldn't you, have a problem you coming, coming back. back. 
But my brother, <laughs> it yeah, this, this, it was an honor. What you think, right? This topic, uh, I mean, is is, yeah. is deep because it, it it needs more than an hour. That's right. Know, That's right. To fully uh, in, indulge in, in you know the ramifications that it has on 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 us as a as a people. Right. So you know. Well, again, my brother, it was an honor and a blessing having you with us today. Um, to Yah, the Creator, thank you. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't for you, where would we be? Um, to my kings and queens, thank you for tuning in and for your support. The rain has come. And guess what, y'all? I see rainbows over the horizon. <laughs> Remember, with a little love, understanding, edification, me too. Make it all right. Peace and love, y'all.